Welcome to Episode 5 of the Chronic Faith Podcast, a Bible study for people living with chronic pain or illness. My name is Katie, and this podcast is an online small group where we can share our stories and encourage one another. If you haven't already, rate and review the podcast. This helps it reach more people who are living with chronic pain or illness. The healing miracle of Jesus that our devotion is focused on today is found in Luke 7, 1-10. It says this, After he, Jesus, had finished all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. Now a centurion had a servant who was sick and at the point of death, who was highly valued by him. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent to him elders of the Jews, asking him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He is worthy to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation, and he is one who built us our synagogue. And Jesus went with them. When he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but say the word and let my servant be healed. For I too am a man under, set under authority, with soldiers under me, and I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at them, and turning to the crowd that followed him, said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such a faith. And when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well. This story uh, of healing is remarkable for many reasons. Again, we see someone advocating on behalf of someone else for healing. And again, we see a centurion coming to Jesus for healing. The first time, though, the healing was for the centurion's son. Now we see a centurion seeking healing for his servant. Verse 1 says, After he had finished all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. The first question I ask when reading this is, what did Jesus just finish saying? If we look back at Luke chapter 6, we can see that Jesus was giving the Sermon on the Mount, a series of teachings about the kingdom of God. The last teaching that Luke mentions is found in verses 46 through 49. They say this, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the streams broke against that house and, and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the other one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. I think it's interesting that this teaching is right before our story of Jesus healing the centurion's servant, because his disciples would have heard this teaching and then seen in real life what faith that is built on a solid rock looks like in action. The centurion had dug deep and laid a foundation on the solid rock. Let's return to our story. Uh, let's pick it up in Luke 7, uh, verse 2. It says this, now, a centurion had a servant who was sick and at the point of death, who was highly valued by him. 
When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent him the elders of the Jews, asking him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, He is worthy to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation, and he is one who has built us our synagogue. And Jesus went with them. When he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends, saying to them, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. What if this was where the story ended? What if the story ended with the centurion saying that Jesus didn't need to trouble himself with coming to his house because he wasn't worthy enough for Jesus to come? I think this is where so many of our stories do stop. We don't feel worthy enough to invite Jesus into our pain because of whatever excuse or reason we can think of in that moment. I know I've definitely had seasons in my life where I didn't feel good enough to even ask Jesus to heal something going on in my life. For years, I believed the lie that it was greedy and selfish to continue and, to, and continue to ask Jesus to heal me of symptoms or heal me altogether because of the healings he had already done in my life. The fact is, though, that Jesus delights in lavishly giving good gifts to his children. There isn't a finite number of healings that each person gets. Let's read how the full description of how the centurion actually responded, because the story didn't stop in verse 6. But let's pick up in verse 6. Um, and Jesus went with him, when he was in, and when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you. But say the word and let my servant be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one go and he goes and another come and he comes. And to my servant do this and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at them. And turning to the crowd that followed him said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such a faith. And when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well. The man displayed deep, solid rock faith in how he approached Jesus. Even though the custom of the time was that the miracle worker needed to be present in order to perform the miracle, the centurion understood authority and knew that Jesus had the authority to heal based on his words alone. The centurion had the faith that Jesus' words were more than enough to bring healing, and healing did come for the centurion's servant at the words of Jesus. I don't know the healing that you're waiting for right now, but I would guess that you do have a healing that you're waiting for. And I, I don't know where your level of belief that you could be healed is at today, but I'm encouraging you that right now you raise your level of belief and faith that healing is possible for you, that we serve the God of healing who is more than able to heal us with a word. Today's practical tip is quite practical and has to do with those dreaded flare-ups. Now, for me, flare-ups are typically three to five days in bed, sometimes more, but that's the typical. Even if I'm not technically flaring up, but I'm sick in bed for a number of days, I follow this simple rule. On the third day, I get up, I change my pajamas, and I change my sheets. Now, I'm a firm believer in PJ days in general, you know, those days where you just stay in your pajamas all day long. There's something about that that's just good for my soul. But when it comes to flare-ups, for me, by the time I get to that third day of increased pain and stuck in bed, 
I'm starting to wonder if this is going to be my new normal. And changing my clothes and my sheets is a mental reset for me. It may seem silly and it's definitely simple, but I found it helpful. Now, sometimes I don't change my sheets because I'm still too sick or I just have no energy for such, such tasks. But I'll at least try to change my pillowcase or something. So that's the tip for the day. If you're sick in bed for multiple days, on that third day, get up, change your pajamas, change your sheets. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you have a second, could you rate and review this podcast? It'd really help me out. Have a great week, and I'll see you in the next episode.